Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 567 of the milk bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show, we'll be hearing from Kevin Rogers of Paycare all about not only how they help their customers, but also how they help the community across Wolverhampton and beyond. We'll have an atta with our Trace, Tracy Rose, joining us for a bit of a chat. She is absolutely brilliantly funny, a lovely lady. We'll be having an atta with her. Yanko Rosetta joins us. He is from the band Aggressive Swans. We'll be talking to him about his music, life in Munich, and the forthcoming album they have. We'll have a chat with Harry Gill, who's organised a concert to raise money for the three, two, one. Welcome along to episode 567 of The Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show, Kevin Rogers of Paycare lets us know not only about how they help their customers, but also how they're helping the community across Wolverhampton and beyond. We'll have a chat with Tracy Rhodes, AKA R. Trace, brilliantly funny, in a posh rock. We'll be hearing from her. Yanko Rosetta joins us from the band Aggressive Swans, let us know about their forthcoming album and life in Munich. We'll hear from Kelly Jeffs of The Lighthouse, as they, of course, are on lockdown, as same as everybody else. So we'll find out what's happening and how you can support them in this difficult time. Plus, there's a charity concert raising funds for the Grand Theatre. Harry Gill letting us know about that one as he is the organiser. Beth Bellick-Low joins us to talk about some of the brilliant stuff taking place online as we mark VE Day virtually rather in real life than we had hoped to be able to. David Love joins us uh, talking about his battles with technology and uh, what it's like being a folk singer when suddenly you're thrust into the online spotlight. Plus, having a chat with Sam Raybone, you'll know him from his appearance at the Garrick Theatre in Litchfield as their panto day. He does loads more besides. We'll be having a chat with him. That's all coming up on the show. But first of all... With Queens of Mystery now available to watch on Acorn TV, it is an absolutely wonderful series of shows that you will adore. Somebody who I know I adore, not only for my roles in the show, but everything else I've seen him before, is Siobhan Redmond. Hello! Hello there. How are we doing? I'm all right. Well, I've got no internet today. That's quite exciting. That, 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 Other that than that, I'm fine. Takes the distraction away from life, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Now, it must be a great series to be part of, and it just exudes quality as you're watching it. I've seen the first two, and I'm already in love with the show. It's fantastic, isn't it? I really had the best time working on it. And I'm really glad to hear you say, Jason, that you enjoyed it. I hope other people will too. I can't see why you wouldn't actually, because it's got all the classic elements of the English murder mystery story. And it's got its tongue firmly in its cheek, but its heart is in the right place. Because while cocking a snook a little bit at the genre, it's also completely in love with it. Absolutely. If you liked Murder, She Wrote, and... Who didn't? There's something mm-hmm. for everybody to like in that show. I think there's a fair chance that you might like Queens of Mystery too. Well, yeah, I mean, it's got all the the elements of that murder mystery and lots of clues along the way. And to, to be fair, I hadn't guessed completely. I, I got a few hints, but I, I wasn't I hadn't solved it myself by the time we got no, to... No, me neither. Well, then it, it's not easy. But uh, the uh, obviously the sisters and their niece managed to do it. And... It was just a, a, a brilliant, I, I'd say it's almost a romp through the, the story, isn't it, in many ways? Yeah, I mean, it's quite, it's quite highly coloured. I think it, it looks great. It's quite unusual in that it's got four central characters who are all female. 
the leading lady is Olivia Vinnell, who plays Matty. And Matty was brought up in the village of Wildmarsh by her mother's three sisters because her mother has disappeared. So she has three aunts, Beth, Kat and Jane, and they all write detective fiction. And when she comes back to Wildmarsh to work at the police station there as a detective, she discovers that her aunts are only too keen to help, much to the, um, uh, much to the torment of the local police. There's an immediate bit of story which I don't think has fully explained itself in the first two episodes. There is much more to come uh, as I head through the yeah. uh, the rest of the first six in this, uh, what I hope will be a, a, an ongoing series of stories. Yes, we hope so too. I mean, we were due to start filming again in July, but, you know, at the moment, all bets are off with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope so. And I think it gives... You know, it's for those of us who were brought up watching detective fiction, which is, uh, you know, mainly everybody in Britain, really, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? It's got it's got lots to keep you busy, as you've discovered. The clues are all there; you just have to pick them up. But it's also lovely to look at, and it's funny. It's a witty show. That was something that really drew me to it. Yeah, I mean, tell us a bit about uh, your character, Aunt Jane, because she's already got just a, a, a lot of different layers, and that's just after what I've seen so far. There is going to be more to this I'm, I'm sure again yes jane's a bit of a dark horse in some respects she's quite simple she's a classic nerd she is the one who will know the obscure answer to the question <laughs> you'd never thought you'd find yourself asking she will know the odd bit of information but you wouldn't want to go around to jane's house for dinner because she can't cook she can't drive anything practical she cannot do but she's a very keen student and she's always trying to improve herself by learning uh, different online courses, <laughs> which is one of the reasons that she has such eclectic knowledge. So that's Jane. And then there's Kat, who's played by Julie Graham, and she's the rebel of the family, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, she lived in the States for a bit. She was a stunt woman. She now writes graphic novels. She has a heroine called Roxanne. She's a successful author, as is Jane. And then the eldest sister is um, Aunt Beth, who's played by Sarah Woodward. And she has the most successful uh, line of detective novels. She is, I suppose, the earth mother of the series. And you're right, there is much to discover about all of them. And there's one big mystery, which is what has happened to Matilda's mother. Now, the aunts know more than they're letting on, Mm -hmm. but they may not know the whole story. Well, no, and I've... Uh, I say, certainly don't. No, I've seen the first two, and there's a little hint of something going on at the end of the second episode, but I don't know what that's going to be yet, and I'm just intrigued and drawn in to the whole oh, of, of this story. It is it is absolutely fantastic. And I love the fact you've got a narrator as well, and it doesn't just yeah. move the story on, it helps build the tension. Yes, and she's got such a beautiful voice, hasn't she, Juliet Stevenson? Mm-hmm. And she's such an accomplished reader that she's almost like a, a fifth central character in the show. With the title sequence as well, again, you can you can just see the magic on screen of the way in which the titles were, and, and there must be a huge team who are incredibly proud of what they've done there as well. Oh, I should think they should be. I think they were nominated for an award at a festival in America because it is quite remarkably beautiful, isn't it? Yes, so I hope your listeners will tune in at least for the title sequence (laughs) if we can't persuade them to stay afterwards. But I think they'll be intrigued enough to stay on, yeah. Absolutely. Now, we've already hinted the fact there's going to be more to come in this series and you can just see why because these characters have got depth, interest and I just love the quality of all the performances in the show and even though we're going to get 
get a lot of transient characters uh, as they yeah. come, go, get bumped off, etc., etc. Then you just love all of the, the people who appear on screen when you're meant to and hate the ones you're not supposed to like at all. Well, that's about why you are saying all the right things. One of the things I really enjoyed about the show was exploring the kind of family dynamic between these three sisters and their niece. Um, And that was really good fun to do. It's really lovely. And it's not always easy playing people who've known each other all their lives with actors that you don't know very well. Mm -hmm. But Sarah and Julie are so fantastic and so warm that it was really easy. And we do feel like sisters now. It's lovely. Shall I tell you how you can access this programme, Jason? Well, I was about to say, yeah, because this is uh, this is now on Acorn TV. Because this is on demand, you can watch this whenever you want to. Yes, you can. So you can download it as an app onto your device of choice or your smart TV, or you can stream it directly at www.acorn.tv. So Acorn TV was set up to bring Anglophile TV to the States and it's done so well there and in Australia and New Zealand and in Germany that now they're back in Britain. (laughs) Um, And I know that however you choose to access it, there is a free 30-day trial, so you'll have nothing to lose by giving it a shot. You'll get in the first set of episodes of this absolutely brilliant series which is uh, now premiering Queens of Mystery. And it is just an absolute joy to watch. As it is to talk to you, Siobhan, thank you for joining us. Thank Keep you. up the good work, and we look forward to more from you in the near future. Thank you very much. Bye. Tracy Rhodes is a fantastic comedian. You will know her as our Trace. She is loved by thousands, in fact millions, not only across our area but across the world, and joins me now for a chat. Hello. Morning. How are we doing? Fine, thank you. What's been going on in the world of our Trace over the last few months? A bit quieter just at the minute than we'd like, but uh, you've been really busy, haven't you? I have been really busy. Um, Since it went viral a couple of years ago, um, we haven't had time to... um, to look back it, it's all been forward 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 mm-hmm. like bookings from all over the um all over the globe we, we've been to tenerife performing we've had invites to go to spain and cyprus as well um, but obviously things have been put on hold for the moment so who knows what the future holds yeah fingers crossed it'll all come back to something like normal soon but i mean you're busy with uh, your day job as well as uh, everything else that goes on so i'm not entirely sure how you have a chance to fit it all in the, the day job's a necessity, it's imperative. Working yeah. for the NHS, as you say, particularly in the current times, um, I work in mental health, mm-hmm. uh, currently working from home, um, doing telephone consultations. So, you know, keeping that going, which is, to say, what counts. And so, in, in, in such a trying time, it is essential that we have this, isn't it? So, uh, you know, it is good that uh, you're, you're able to continue, to continue to do that from the, the surroundings we see you in now. That's right, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, with, when it comes to the comedy, I mean, our trace you've been doing for a, a few years now. How Remind us how it all started. How it all started? Um, oh, um, I, used, I used to be in amateur dramatics, mm-hmm. uh, pantos and comedies for years, and then um, somebody asked me to do um, a sketch at a, private, at a private barbecue. So I dressed up as a character, and I did this sketch. And uh, I just threw in a couple of gags and um, people were laughing. Uh, there were old people there. One lady wet herself laughing, <laughs> which has got to be the ultimate compliment to I, any I think so. Yeah. Uh, so 
it, it was at a time in my life, um, our daughter was five years old and I wanted to go back into my acting and Terry, my husband, said, well, how about going into comedy? Because mm -hmm. what you've done was amazingly funny. So we looked into it and that's how it all started with South Staff's Entertainment Council. I did a showcase at Chesney Bay Working Men's Club. Mm -hmm. Never look back. <laughs> now, you, you have been tempted at some point to take a bit of a step back from this, but the demand has just been there for more and more uh, trace. And it, it's a little bit naughty, but it's ever such a lot of fun. I'm sorry, Jason. People like naughty. <laughs> you know, and, but, but we're very versatile and we're very adaptable in what we do. And we always ask the audience, how naughty do you want me to be on a scale of one to ten? And believe me, they're shouting, 50! <laughs> I'm sure you shock yourself sometimes with some of the things you come out with, but it is about having that bit of fun. And uh, I mean, the, the tours that you've done and doing so, some yeah, great work online. And, and you were so proud, I know, when everything massively exploded when you went viral. It was overwhelming at the time. Um, it did kind of, we didn't know which way to turn because we'd never experienced anything like it. And the fact that we were turning up to bookings, people paying a lot of money for a ticket, and they were sold out just to see our trace, it was, it was so humbling. <laughs> but I mean, you put a lot of work into this, and we can see that from uh, yeah, the, the way in which the scripts are honed. Uh, and, and you involve the whole family at some points. I mean, uh, your other half gets an absolute battering, doesn't he? Oh, he does, yeah, he does. He's in the garden at the minute. <laughs> oh, he does. Uh, <laughs> what gags can I get away with? Uh, well, yeah, keep it moderately clean for me. Moderately clean. Okay. He said to me, he said, because he's loving the garden at the moment, you know, and, and to, to be fair, it's looking, it's looking amazing. He said to me the other night, he said, Tracy says, you know, your backside, it's getting as big, if not as wide as that barbecue grill. <laughs> you know, well, you can imagine my reaction. In bed that night, he was getting quite amorous. I turn round, I says, if you're expecting me to fire up this barbecue for one single chip of lard, so you can think on. <laughs> oh, you kept it clean. That was good. We like that. But uh, and you have such just fun uh, uh, around, you know, playing on, on on your relationship and the uh, yeah the, the the great gags that follow through from that. But a big part of it is the costumes now. Uh, whenever I see you out and about and we've bumped into each other at the shops as well as when we've caught up in uh, other things, you dress nothing at all like our Trace. Where do the outfits come from? Our Trace, um, oh, do, do you know what? That dress that she wears and that hat and the glasses, that are, they're over 25 years old. <laughs> I do not invest a penny. Oh, I've just had a new cardigan because the other one was threadbare. <laughs> Even the socks I had from the German market in Wal in um, in Birmingham about 15 years ago. Even the socks, and they've been darned and darned and darned. And I'm not going to buy a new pair. I think that's part of the way she looks, though, isn't it? If if you did, if it was something new, it wouldn't feel the same, would it? No, that that's that's why uh, the Express and Star um, dubbed the character as the funny woman in the posh frock because she it's not posh, is it? <laughs> you, 
<laughs> so people expect this, you know, funny woman in a posh frock, and when I walk out, it's it's the it's the opposite. But absolutely golden comedy. We absolutely adore it. People can see a load of your work online, can't they? Do, do you know what? Um, you, you know, recently a lot, a lot of entertainers are singing mm -hmm. on on social media, and uh, I was itching to do something, but because of the current climate, you know, I, I didn't know whether it was appropriate. I didn't know how it would be perceived. So we, 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 we spoke about it and I decided to do a live spot um, and take the consequences. I thought if anybody's going to enjoy it, it's going to be our Trace's fan base. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, I did 20 minutes, uh, a, a live spot. Um, I didn't touch on, you know, this COVID-19 at all. Um, I never had one detrimental comment you know, the, the comments that we received were, were, were amazing. The fact that humour is needed at a time like this. Absolutely. We need to look for Our Trace on Facebook to be able to see that, don't we? Yeah, um, I've got a page, Our Trace or Tracy Rhodes. Mm -hmm. But there's also a fan page, Our Trace fan page on Facebook as well. Okay, so check out the fan page, get yourself along there, make sure you like it, like the, uh, the Our Trace page too and uh, be ready to be amused by that uh, you know, woman in the, the posh frock uh, who's just that little bit naughty but ever so lovable. Tracy Rose, thank you for joining us. Can I just say, Jason, I'm a little bit upset at the moment because you know Gary Barlow from Take That? Yeah. He's actually only this morning blocked me from Facebook. No. Whatever I said, whatever I did... <laughs> Sorry. Tracy, always good to catch up with you. See you soon. And you too. Bye. Bye. Yanko Rosetta has been doing loads of work in many different guises, one of which is his band Aggressive Swans. He joins me now on the line to tell me what's going on in his world. Hello, sir. Well, uh, there isn't going much at the moment, unfortunately, mm -hmm. because of the uh, obvious reason, uh, because of the pandemic. Um, but we are still trying to, to keep afloat. Um, next week on the Sunday, we have actually the only um, standing gig at the moment, which will be uh, recorded in a club and then, and then streamed. Uh, other than that, we're hoping for the situation to stabilize quickly and uh, that we could uh, get, back, get back to business. Absolutely. But I mean, obviously, uh, it's, it's difficult all around the world. And where do we find you at the moment? Well, uh, we have uh, we have a couple of ideas what we could do, and uh, there are a couple of new pieces we um, we uh, already recorded, and just we are waiting for a right moment for them to be released. Um, other than that, uh, we have a drummer now. Mm -hmm. We have Lander, which plays with us, which is a fantastic guy, and uh, that uh, that brings so much joy to the project. Being able to play with live drums. Uh, also, me personally, I have um, a project with the same drummer, a duo with a bit uh, different kind of music. It's more like a jazz fusion kind of stuff. So we are definitely busy and uh, trying to get the best out of what was given to us. Absolutely, that's the way to do it. Now, you're based in Germany? 
Yes, yes, we're, we're in Munich. And obviously uh, you've seen uh, some difficult times as everywhere has with COVID-19. And how does it feel from, uh, from your point of view uh, with what's going on uh, around you with your community? Uh, well, uh, I think that the most difficult times are already uh, behind us considering the social life, the, the restrictions that were um, introduced by the government are slightly being, being eased out and... Uh, well, you can go to the city, you can go to the store and stuff like that. However, the impact on the uh, on the culture and on the um, on on the artists is uh, still very huge, and it will remain here. The difficult situation is not going away. Um, there were uh, funds promised by the government, which uh, unfortunately are not applicable for most uh, of the artists, including myself. So. Uh, we don't play live gigs, we have to teach, we uh, have to do lots of studio work more than before. Mm -hmm. Now, you, you often teach anyway, and I know that you do share your skills, so uh, it has been uh, good, I suppose, to have more time to spend on that one, even though it's not the the usual gigs that you enjoy performing. But uh, uh, how has it been received by your students? Uh, are they enjoying the opportunity to learn new things? Uh, well, uh, I must say that uh, because we are teaching now, uh, most of us, through video, um that um yeah there we are again uh, we're teaching through video now with video calls and yeah. i must say that uh i personally well maybe maybe the opinion of my students will differ but i find it actually better than than in person you know especially with considering kids you know when uh when one of the parents sits uh, at home beside them and actually uh, motivates them as well to uh, to play that's actually very good for for us both. I have more fun because they actually do something, and they well they do something. So <laughs> that's uh, that's not the worst uh, as uh, we could have imagined it could have been. So with aggressive swans, as you say, there is music that you've got that you've been working on already that's starting to come together, and uh, in your own solo projects as well. Uh, so the the interesting thing is, I mean, uh, I know from your work that we've heard in the past. You're often performing in English, but German is your native tongue. Uh, so, I mean, how did all that come about? What what made you perform uh, in in English? Well, um, I, I believe uh, I'm speaking for Matt now, for our singer. Uh, we both have similar music uh, musical tastes, and uh, this this also drives us into English uh, English music and uh, music in English language. You know, uh, like uh, Arctic Monkeys, like um, Let's Shadow Puppets, of course, the yeah. side project of Alex Turner and uh, Arcade Fire, other bands like that, all uh, English-speaking um, bands. Uh, and uh, it kind of seemed natural to us to also pursue this way uh, and uh, express ourselves uh, in English. <laughs> oh, it works, and uh, I say it's a, it's a good sound that you're producing. And what can we expect from Aggressive Swans to, to start to be released now? Because I know you've got, as you say, you've got some things already recorded. We do. Well, uh, we were hoping to be able to uh, play the album through uh, a couple of times live uh, before uh, before it comes out. Uh, well, obviously now the situation changed, so we cannot do that at the moment. But uh, the album is definitely in the works. And, uh, well, we were hoping for... Uh, release as soon as possible that of course depends on many factors um, but uh, we're eager to make music uh, as much as ever and you've got a studio that you're working in and uh, that i think 
it, it helps having the, the uh, a sort of uh, confined space. So very much uh, work as usual for you when you're actually in the studio. Yes, well, uh, I, I could have said that um, I could say that uh, if uh, not for the cancelled uh, performances, the time would have been fantastic for probably most musicians. I mean, this is mostly about the uh, lost income and uh, and financial situation. But considering the art, um, we are flourishing uh, as uh, as we ever did. You know, we have more time now to. Uh, to do stuff, as you said, in the studio and uh, some people at home. So this uh, solitude uh, definitely helps uh, the art to, to, to improve, you know, to, to, to get more deeper and uh, to, to maybe think about mm -hmm. the directions that, that the artist, that each artist takes and, and pursues. And in the writing that you've been doing that we'll hear on the new album when it is released, what sort of areas have been uh, the sort of songs you've been writing about? What sort of events have you been covering there? Well, uh, the, the new album is definitely, uh, you could say, a concept album uh, and it revolves about um, a hotel, uh, a fictional, uh, fictitious hotel um, where strange things happen. So um, this, is, uh, this is a story. This is, I, I personally like to, to call it basically a musical, you know. This, is, uh -huh. uh, this, this could have been a movie and um, like uh, on, on the verge of surrealism and... Um, and uh, you know, strange experiences all each of uh, us uh, had while traveling. Uh, we've been trying to uh, to to project it on uh, through the music, and I think we we succeeded very much. Like objectively speaking, this is a lot of fun. Okay, so when will we all be able to hear it? When can we expect release? Well, we can't really say at the moment. That's the saddest part. But uh, the music is here. Uh, just needs some some final polishes and. Um, uh, and then we will be so happy to to show it to you. Okay, so we'll follow Aggressive Swans on social media. How do we find you? Please do that. You can find us find us under Aggressive Swans. Uh, as far as we know, there are no no other bands called like this. Uh -huh. So it's not hard to find us. Aggressive Swans on Twitter, on uh, Instagram, on Facebook, wherever you want. Uh, also on Spotify, there are a couple of singles that. Uh, we uh, we already released before, and uh, you also have uh, a new live video um, of us of, of us playing. Well, we're going to enjoy that now. Uh, meanwhile, Yanko Rosetta from Aggressive Swans, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you so much.
the bank holiday to mark the VE Day Remembrance celebrations this coming Friday and all the events that should have been, all is not lost. There are still some things taking place. Beth Barrick-Lowe joins me now to tell me what she will be doing virtually to mark the occasion. Hello. Hello, Jason. How are we doing? Okay, thank you. How about you? Oh, good, thank you. Good to have you along again. I know it's only a few weeks since we last spoke, but equally I know that you would have been absolutely massively busy over the coming few days uh, because of the, the plans for VE Day and the work that you do with your gang, the Bluebird Bells. Of course, yeah. So this weekend we were actually supposed to be in Cornwall. Um, on Wednesday we were due to be flying out to Guernsey and entertaining for the full week of VE. Uh, and then the events were going to continue through the month as well. So, so yes, it does feel very strange after sort of planning everything for a year mm -hmm. to not be doing any of that but we're trying to make the best of it and making lots of little videos and things to go out all done from home uh, so we can still be involved in some way absolutely and uh, knowing the quality of what uh, you and the team produce it's going to look absolutely amazing and there's still the some events now going online aren't there Exactly, yes. Yeah. So uh, last weekend, was it? I'm losing track of time, but about a week or two ago, we were supposed to be at wartime in the Cotswolds, and they thought, hey, we're going to put it all online, get the entertainers involved. They got lots of the reenactors to um, to send videos in and photos from previous events, and it worked so well. The comments were incredible, people saying how how great the day was going because of that and they were so upset that they couldn't be there but this was really making up for it so people really are pulling together and just making the best of a bad situation so that still can be seen but when it comes down to what you do with the, the bluebird bells i mean you take this all very seriously and there's you and, and a number of people that you work with regularly at, at this sort of events taking us back uh, to a time where you know, when when conflict was either on or just coming to an end or you're yeah, marking the celebration the fact that it had finished um, and the, the uniforms and things that you guys wear look absolutely amazing. And are, are a lot of these original from the time or are you getting things made for yeah, the, the look to be right? Yeah, so I actually have a full selection of original vintage uniforms, which I've built up over time. I'm really interested in the history of it uh, as well. So I've got a fire service, uh, air force, navy army which was the ATS in the war and it's a sort of replica of the one that the queen wore but it is original everything's quite small as you can imagine because they were they were quite small back in the day that works because you are a petite as well I'm small but I'm tall that's the problem <laughs> small arms <laughs> um, but with the bells we've actually we've we bought modern RAF uniforms and we reclocked them so we got original brass buttons and buckles and we altered the uniforms to be uh, you know exact replicas of the WAF uniforms that were worn back in the wartime so people are always really appreciative at how much time and effort we've put into making sure the look is right because it's very important I think especially for for veterans when they when they come and see us they they really do appreciate that that it's um that, that things are as they were back then mm -hmm. and it's an absolutely glorious sound as well uh, even if it wasn't uh, harking back to a time when you know, Britain came together and the, the, the work that you're doing to mark that um, as, as one thing but it sounds absolutely awesome, whatever. They're just such great songs, aren't they? Great songs and just three-part harmony is just fantastic. I've always been interested in harmony ever since I can remember. And so when I discovered the Andrew sisters and their incredible tight sound, I just wanted to replicate that. So I try and get the harmonies sounding as authentic as possible. Um, and as you say, they're fantastic songs. People always really appreciate them. They're great for dancing, great for joining in with, singing along. You can't go wrong. 
Absolutely not. <laughs> have, have you got a favourite? Ooh, don't ask me that, Jason. That's <laughs> uh, in the mood, boogie woogie bugle boy. And we'll meet again, of course. Yeah, absolutely fantastic stuff. Now, uh, with the, the work that you're doing online, obviously uh, the Bluebird Bells Facebook page is uh, an absolute go-to for that, but you've got things on YouTube and all over the place, haven't you? Yeah, so the main social media pages for us are Facebook and Instagram, and we've got a YouTube channel too. <clears throat> so across the weekend, we'll be uploading everything to the, uh, to the individual channels so people can access them in lots of different ways. And if they are having their own uh, you know, V-Day street party, staying within the confines of their front lawn, somebody blasting out the sound of the bluebird bells down the street, I think is going to be well received, isn't it? Oh, exactly. Well, hopefully. So just to, to inform you, we are releasing our V-Day, our special V-Day video on Friday the 8th, which is V-Day. Um, so that's been kept a closely guarded secret. And we had planned to to film together, of course, but we've not been able to. So we've done it all in isolation. So hopefully that's received really well. On Saturday the 9th at 2 o'clock, I'm doing um, a V-Day concert uh, live stream on Facebook so people can join in with that as well. So look out for that one. And you find that on the Bluebird Bells page as well? Yeah, so that's facebook.com forward slash the Bluebird Bells. Well, I'll go along there, and I'm sure there'll be uh, links uh, to uh, to pop some money in the hat as well uh, for uh, yeah, making sure that you can continue to do this sort of stuff because uh, it's a difficult time, isn't it? It really is. Well, we sort of the entertainment hospitality industry. We don't know when we're kind of going to be the last, I think, to be able to do to do things again. So we're just trying to make the best of it, trying to do things virtually. And people have been so lovely, so generous. We put out a post saying that our We'll Meet Again CD could be bought in time for VE Day, and we had loads of orders for that. So, um, so yeah, it's been it's been good. People have, have really supported us through this, which is great. Well, uh, so it's, I think it's the quality of the work which also makes a bit of a difference too, to be fair. Oh. So that all helps. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Beth, uh, looking forward to hearing everything that you put out over the VE Day weekend and uh, seeing the Bells in action together, even if it is only virtually. But I know that will be absolutely the best way uh, it can be done when it is done. So uh, thank you for joining us. Keep up the good work and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks very much. Take care. If ever there's somebody I know who can do some fantastic songs, perform in front of hundreds, thousands of people, but I'd have thought never likely to get online, it's David Love. However, he has done that big step and he's doing online videos and joins me now to tell me more. Hello, sir. <laughs> Hello, Jason. This is not without a lot of assistance, I can assure you. Okay, there's a safety uh net keeping you on air. <laughs> yeah, there is. I mean, I panicked when, when you just called me. Uh, I mean... I, I, it's not just a minor panic, but hard thumps like that. I don't really do the equipment. Then he told me I've got to download stuff. And you, I can understand why old people get in a state about this sort of thing, because I, I'm there already. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the stuff that I put on, uh, on um, Spacebook, whatever it's called, <laughs> uh, I, I, I've had to do with the help of my daughter, because you think it'd be the easiest thing in the world, because let's face it, I don't want to diss anybody here, but it's obviously not rocket science, is it, to put stuff on Facebook. It's normally a couple of clicks, there's a few buttons, and before you know it, you've posted something you didn't mean to. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is, the type of people who take moving pictures of their breakfast can work it out. <laughs> so, it bothers me that it seems to elude me. Um, 
So every one of these clips that I put up, I had to uh, um, record on a mobile phone, which is a problem, seeing as my mobile phone is um, oh, it's about 10 years old. It was a cast-off from the kids. Um, but fortunately, my wife's got one of the magic ones where you, you, know, you, 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 you stroke it and all that sort of thing, and <laughs> all things happen. So she let um, I'm amazed at the things you can do on them, you know. You, you don't just talk to people. You can oh, you play games, everything on them. Anyway, uh, I, so I managed to record myself doing that. But could I upload it onto the onto Tinternet? No. Eventually, I found a way of doing it. Where I have to send it to my daughter. She sends something back to me, which gets to my Facebook uh, Messenger, um, and then it'll go on. Apparently, it's too big. The file's too big to go directly on from. I, I just don't understand it. But it annoys me. That some people, let's put it this way, how can we say it? The thickest of the thick can do it. So I cannot not. <laughs> well, it is working and people are loving what you're doing. So what sort of things are you sharing online? Because normally you'd be at a folk festival at this point in the week, probably. Well, that's right. Um, anywhere that'll let me in. But uh, I thought if I'm going to try this out, I'll use it as an opportunity to put stuff on that... Um, I that might get left off a set that you're doing in a club um, because it's just as much effort to write a song that probably doesn't work all that well every time. Is it easy to write one that people latch onto? You know, it still takes, for the most part, several days out of your life. And you do this. I've got a lot of songs I've done once and thought, hmm, didn't work very well. But a lot of the time it's because it's a bit difficult to do or there's some particular feature of it that makes it perhaps not instantly appealing and therefore I'm not going to waste any really popular stuff <laughs> so I'm going to do some of the the stuff that's you know only been done once 15 years ago um, which I've decided I still quite like if it stood the test with me and I think I still quite like this after 15 years even though I only dared do it once I thought, well, I'm going to give it another go. And I think people have more time and can listen to it again if they quite liked it, particularly if it's one where you've got to, you probably need the second listen to work out what it's all going to be about. I'll tell you what I like. Um, I don't know if you see those inside number nine shows on the telly. Uh -huh. um, and there's a twist in the end. Until now. And you've got to watch it twice. Sometimes just to see the see what you missed the first time, see all the clues. So it's those sort of songs that are, I wish they were of that quality. But it's that sort of stuff that sometimes I like to put on because people might want to say, "Ah, now I get it!" Right at the end, and then they can listen to it again and it's it in a new light. So it's it's stuff like that. So, so something that you've got to listen to twice to fully appreciate. You'll appreciate it first time round, but absolutely nail it second time round. So this is it's kind of, we want a Facebook fan page for David Love, the B-side collection in some ways, isn't it? It's very much the, 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 the that's, that's how it works. Yeah, like the, or, or, it's, or it's the album track, you know, the long, the long one on the album that uh, everybody usually skips through, but it's, it's for the real musos. A better word than muso, because I don't think many actual musos would, would, would listen to me. Um, but it, it's, um, it, it is quite fun doing these, these little clips. I've never done it, but I've been a bit snobby about it, um, engaging with social media at all. But 
It's either this, or as I've said on one of the videos, it's either this now or paint the house. And yeah, as you see, you, do, you just don't want to go there. I mean, last time we met up, you came down to the lighthouse and did a couple of tunes for us. And, yeah. and, and, and then you were very dismissive of the, the whole, pretty much the whole internet. It's almost like it wasn't your friend. Well, it still isn't. And I, and I sort of feel like I've sold out. <laughs> I mean, by using it, it's like selling out to the man. Because everybody wants to use it. It's the same thing as, I don't know, to me, it, it comes with the drive to shut down your local bank. Mm -hmm. because it, it saves you, they want you to do it online. They want, you, they want me to do online banking. Um, and I'm afraid, I'm actually thinking about doing that now. Oh dear, no, that's just, that's just not the David Love that we all know and love. No, I, I, I will probably. I will, I'll, I'll probably hold back for a while, but it is going to be—it's uh, going to be difficult, I think, because it's—I uh, think it, you get sucked into it. I'm frightened now. Once I've started putting these things online, there's no turning back. You're out there. Yeah, it was like when somebody gave me a wristwatch. <laughs> so now that I, 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 <laughs> this is going somewhere, I could tell the time of the day to within about two or three minutes, just by looking out the window, or even if I wasn't outside, even if I was inside, I was never more than two or three minutes wrong, up until the age of 14 when I had a watch for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, within a month of having the watch, I lost that ability. You had to put the sundial away and actually look at the hands. And I have to do it every time now to tell the time. I've lost that ability. The same way as I'm sure if I had a sat-nav, I'd lose that ability to know roughly where I was in time and space. Yeah, I don't mean with sat navs, you, you, you believe it, whatever it says, even if what it's saying is absolutely wrong, and you, you know better, but even so, you blindly follow. So, yeah, let, yeah, let's not get you a sat nav. A smartphone, I think, is borderline. Definitely no tablet computer, and we'll no. just stick with you and emails and the occasional yeah, bit of social media. Is that okay? Well, that's okay. Um, that's okay, but if you send. I, I can. I even look at Facebook messages now. But what the other thing that oh, this is getting me. This gets me. This gets me so cross. I'm, I shouldn't. I know it's bad, but smiley faces, emoticons, emot yeah. See, I like to be given them now. That's the trouble. <laughs> I smiley, and they put a little smiley face. I've had a couple of hearts, obviously sarcastically, but you know, uh, all all that sort of stuff. I'm finding. I'm I'm starting to like now, but. I actually write sometimes, if I write like something, I'll actually write the word smiley face. <laughs> Rather than put one in. Uh, so, and and uh, the, the um, abbreviations, you see, tech, texts are the worst things. Texts are even worse than Facebook messages when people don't punctuate the text properly and they use abbreviations. <laughs> no sense, like... What, 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 what do you, I mean, lol. Took me ages to find out what that was. <laughs> I, thought meant, I thought it was somebody sending me lots of love. Seriously. I mean, who would think that meant laugh out loud? Who would think that? It needs a dictionary, doesn't it? A whole dictionary, preferably on paper so you can look them up. You do, yes, you know, a little glossary somewhere. <laughs> um, but no, I still, that's why I will not send texts at all because it stresses me so much, particularly on the phone that I've got, because it's still one of those where. You're going to press it four times to get a, an S. Yeah. So that's a commonest letter, one of the commonest consonant, and you've got to press the button four times to get an S. 
do. Um, and it stresses me so much. And then you've got to find out where the punctuation is. You've got to f- find out to put a full stop. I mean, heaven forbid you should want a semicolon because you're completely stuffed there. So, um, no, no, I'm, I'm reluctantly being dragged into the um, 21st century. But um, it's not... To, there are some principles I'm compromising. Yeah, well... When it comes down to music, what what uh, what are we looking out for, and how do we find you? Do you know how we find you? What do you think? Okay, so if we search for David Love, well, Facebook, David Love on Facebook. Yeah. Um, but the trouble is, if you do a search for David Love on Facebook, you end up with some pastor in the United States who murdered one of his congregation. Okay. So I think um, you have to be. Um, I'd probably, if you put, I don't know what. What is it? Any, you put David Love. There's just lots of us. So what if we search for David Love yeah. Wolverhampton? Will that work? Shouldn't mean there's too many. There's certainly not too many David Loves in Wolverhampton. There's quite a few Loves. Amazingly, we're not related. There's so many of us, but we've got. <laughs> I've never met a relative accidentally, um, which you think you would have thought you would have done. Um, David Love Wolverhampton. If you if you can search like that, okay. Um, how, do they give you a special number? Um, you know, like a reference number. There must be somewhere. I tell you what, we'll try and find that out. Meanwhile, though, uh, I'm going to have a little listen to one of the tracks that you've put online. Which one should I choose? Um, which one do I think is quite good? Um, well, how about the, my latest um, hit, uh, where I um, have to. Disclose the fact that I've um, I've sold out to the man by um, by accepting the corporate chilling, as it were, uh, and that one is um, uh, it's about um, interspecies romance. Okay, it's a very healthy subject, I think, for your program. I, I sounds like incredible fun. David Love, always great to speak to you. Keep trying to do something sensible with the internet. Don't give up. And we look forward to a meeting up in real life where you can get a guitar out and we can sing in a much more relaxed way when everything's back to something like normal. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Jason. Bye. I've got many thrills when you've got fins and scales and gills And a memory like an MP in the dock Just dodge the fish and nets and hooks Don't give big fish funny looks And your days will drag by in your stream or lock In the rivers and the ocean ain't much pascular emotion They reckon we're cold-blooded, which is true Still I'm giving Neptune thanks because I soon your silvery flanks Now I'll be spawning and I'm moaning with you Some species live in brine which is absolutely fine But me I'm totally fresh water, true and true So I ain't about inviting any haddock, cod or white And when I'm spawning and I'm moaning with you Ain't frolicking about with any daft old trout can't imagine ever wanting to Ain't getting on my freak With no stickleback or bleak I'll be spawning in the morning with you Ain't gonna boogie with no roach Or no dirty sucking loach I'd sooner wind up in a fishy stew
but baby, I'm so gonna fertilize your row. I'll be spawning in the morning with you. Let's hope love overcomes the reservations of our chums and our folks when they learn what we plan to do. Ain't gonna be plain sailing, cause I'm a perch and you're a grayling. Still I'll be spawning in the morning with you. what fate may hold, perhaps together we'll grow old, or just become exotic food like kangaroo. Ain't really gonna matter, long as I can share your batter, and be spawning in the morning with you. Theatres closed across the UK due to the COVID-19 crisis, our thoughts turn to making sure that once we are able to get out and about, the entertainment can continue. With Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre being part of a charity, it is vitally important that funds keep rolling in even though they don't have an income from their usual productions. Harry Gill works at the theatre and he's come together with a load of performers to put on a charity event to make sure there's at least some cash coming into the coffers. To tell us more, he's on the line. Hello, sir. Yeah, you're right. I'm good. I trust we find you well. Yeah, hey, I'm fine. Thank you. Good stuff. Now, you've been putting together a great list of performers who are going to be appearing as part of a video show which people can watch by making a donation. Most of the performers that we have are mostly good friends of mine mm -hmm. and also people that have wanted to get involved by themselves. Um, so I've got many, many, a lot of singers more than anything, I think. Uh, we've got some West End performers. We've got um, some people who have been on cruise ships. We've got graduates from drama schools and stuff like that. We've got dancers. We've got some fire breathers. Um, and a comedic pianist as well who are creating a song. I'm not sure what it's about yet. They haven't told me. Um, but they're creating a little ditty about something. But it's, it'll be like a funny type of book. Uh, comedic song, so I'm looking forward to that. Okay, so loads uh, of different things. As you say, uh, these people are people that you know, but they are equally people who are performing uh, around the globe. They're all professionals, and uh, they do a fantastic job of entertaining the masses when they can. Uh, one of those I know is on the list is Cecily Redmond. She is from our area, has recently been on tour across the UK with Avenue Q, and if you haven't checked out their Avenue Quarantine uh, YouTube video, you absolutely must but they are uh, yeah, a fantastic group of performers. They know how to put on a show. So this is going to be an absolute treat for everybody who donates. We've got um, a lad called Luke Redmore, who's currently um, on the West End in the Book of Mormon. He also recently finished his um, tour abroad of Chicago as well. So, I mean, you've got... Say so great names, doing fantastic stuff. And, and this is all about the theatre that, that you love. I mean, you, you're working now as part of the Front of House team. And uh, yeah. I know that uh, you know, everyone from the theatre has been getting together for regular chats uh, you know, mm -hmm. to, to make sure that you, you guys keep together because the Grand is just an absolutely massive family, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's massive. Like, 
everyone's together in, at the Grand. You don't have separate people. You might work in separate areas of the Grand, but everyone's together. Everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's brought together by one thing. And that, uh, our Zoom calls have been brilliant. We've had we had a quiz last week, <laughs> which is it's just a laugh to have. We, we're not taking the chat seriously. They're just there to you know keep us uplifted and keep us updated with stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to go in there and see everybody still laughing, still smiling, even though we're in such a strange and weird time. But yeah. It's like one big massive family. Mm. And, and as a charity, obviously the grand can be supported in many ways. I know that uh, in excess of uh, £10,000 has been donated by patrons who've been receiving refunds for shows, which of course aren't on during this crisis. And, uh, you know, with the theatre closed uh, at least until the end of May, um, it is yeah, a, a difficult time for everybody. And it's a time when we need this sort of entertainment. So events like this, which can not only raise funds for the Grand's charity side of the, uh, the organisation, but also put a smile on a few faces with phases yeah. which you have seen on stage at the theatre and at theatres across the UK. Uh, it, it is just a, a really good fun way of doing it. So congratulations for putting it together. And uh, how do people actually get involved now and make a donation and get to see the show? Uh, right, so anybody can get involved at the moment. Um, it's it's going to be a YouTube link, so there's not a limit of people who can get involved. At the moment, we've had a, we've, it's been live for three days, the donation link, and we've absolutely smashed over £300 already now. Um, which is probably looking at 25 supporters so far, mm-hmm. and that's three. So if we can keep pushing, if we can keep keep looking out to people, keep keep getting the word out there, it'll easily those numbers will keep rising and rising. So yeah. I'm really pleased with what's happened so far. And uh, you'll be hosting on the night, will you? Yes, I, I, I'm going to be hosting and recording my my bits throughout the week, um, if weather permitting, hopefully. Um, so yeah, I'll be hosting each section, and then. Um, to slide everybody in, in between. Because you're not a stranger to appearing uh, on stage and in film yourself, are you? No, no, I'm not. Um, I act, I act professionally when I can as well. Um, so yeah, I like to do my my little bit. Well, it promises to be an absolutely fantastic show. What are we looking out for on Facebook, and how do we make donations? Obviously, at the moment, it's on my my Facebook page, Harry Gill. So just go to Harry Gill. Uh, that should come up and lots of people who are involved so if you know the people who are involved um, actors you know people who are already seeing it they're all sharing my post so get get on it as soon as you can uh, to get your link but make sure if you are donating that I have some sort of clarification that you've donated otherwise you won't be able to get the link in any other way I need to be able to send you the link so when you make your donation do a screen grab send it on over and you'll be able to get the private link that way to be able to see what promises to be a fantastic show. Uh, we're talking yeah, well over an hour's entertainment uh, across the board. Some great singers and it's like comedy moments. And the bit that intrigues me most is going to be Josh's fire breathing and fire juggling. Uh, he's, you're never safe with that man in the box of matches, are you? Anything could happen. Looking forward to that one. That should be an absolute treat. Harry, keep up the good work. I know you're supporting the theatre that you love, as we all do across Wolverhampton. Uh, the Grand is such a special place in all our hearts, and uh, you know, as a charity, it needs as much support as it can get, especially at this time. And uh, you know, we look forward to the entertainment returning to the stage, but meanwhile, we'll be able to get it on a screen of any particular size we fancy in the comfort of our own homes. Looking forward to it. Harry, great catching up with you, and see you soon. Thank you, mate. Bye.
Obviously at the moment theatres, cinemas and many of our public gathering spaces are closed. However, it doesn't mean we don't need entertainment more than ever. Somebody who is currently uh, on a, a bit of an unexpected break is Kelly Jeff, CEO of The Lighthouse. Hello. Hi Jason, great to see you. Well good to see you too and uh, I know it's obviously, it's, uh, The Lighthouse is always under pressure and uh, you could do without uh, having to take the hiatus at the moment uh, from sharing films and brilliant exhibitions with the people of Wolverhampton but uh, obviously the, the work continues and there's, there's been quite a few little fundraising events taking place to uh, help with the situation hasn't there? Yeah there's been a couple of um, things going on in the background while we're, we're sort of closed. Initially we we, we launched our um, virtual ticket scheme where people, and people are regularly buying a, a ticket, sort of a, a non-existent ticket. They're not mm -hmm. getting anything for it in terms of consuming a film, but they are knowing they're helping towards preserving the future, mm -hmm. um, which, um, you know, at the moment is still very uncertain for for everyone in the sector. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not an easy time at all. Uh, but uh, what are you says, Daryl, uh, I'll try that again. It's not easy at all, but one of your staff, Daryl's been doing some good stuff as well. In fact, he, he combined one of his favourite hobbies with raising funds for Lighthouse as well. Yeah, he did a few weeks ago. He did um, a, a Netflix marathon. And so he put out, um, uh, Daryl's one of our um, front of house staff and also um, supports with programming. Um, he supports me for programming mm -hmm. and um, helps with marketing. And he's just a, a fabulous member of staff that... Um, also writes uh, his own reviews for Jump on, online. And um, he decided to do a, a Netflix marathon where he, um, I think he watched eight films over 24 hours. I can't remember now off the top of my head. It was a lot though, wasn't raised, it? Yeah. Yeah, he raised over 1,200 pounds, but also it was the fact that he, the thing about him being um, in a conversation with our followers and his followers, and the film, you know, the film um, sort of uh, supporters. So online, it was a really nice sort of thread of comments and mm. and he raised over £1,200, which was amazing. You know, that's really brilliant. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the Lighthouse itself is just such a, a vitally important hub in uh, the heart of Wolverhampton. And, uh, you know, there the are exhibitions which you should have been able to share, but haven't been able to. But it's such a great event space as well. And, and even that, alongside the brilliant food that's uh, available at Lockworks Cafe Bar as well. It, it is just such a, a special place in the city. And, you know, <laughs> through supporting with what you've been able to do ongoing online, it does help uh, towards... Yeah, those steps to making sure that it has got the, the future it deserves. Yeah, I think, I mean, I me personally, I'm missing the team and the audiences and the customers and all the, the, the amount of people that we engage with every day. It's mm -hmm. been a real shock to the system from engaging with hundreds of people every week to just me and my son, you know, <laughs> and it's that's not the kind of life that I, I lead personally. So that was a, took a while for me to get used to, like mm. a lot of people who engage with lots of people every day. Yeah. But I think because, you know, the whole thing about the conversations that are going on in the background within the sector itself, obviously I, I have to wear a couple of different hats because, I mean, conversations um, with um, the BFI um, to find out, you know, what they're up to with funding. There's a bit of funding available to support independent cinemas. Mm -hmm. There's also a conversation going on with pr 
national programmers yeah. about the state of what the film sector is going to be like uh, in the future. You know, what products are going to be available, how how a cinema is going to be treated. Um, you know, it, it could be it could end up being an opportunity for independent cinemas um, because there's lots of um, antagonism going on with chain cinemas and distributors because of the way that they the the way that things are how they, for example the way that Odeon Cinema treated their staff it's a really complex situation so now yeah. Universal Pictures are saying you know they've come head to head and said well, we're not going to show any Universal um, films anymore so there's all these kind of little opportunities that might end up being a benefit to independent cinemas mm -hmm. but the, the biggest worry for me um, for for that for our sector is the length of time it's going to take to I wouldn't say we'll ever revert back to what we were before that it won't happen for a long long not, time not yet no it's going to be there's going to be a vaccine before we can get back to normal yeah. life and, isn't and exactly and there's a, a, and it's you know it's obviously I'm speaking on behalf of all venues and the entertainment sector is such a vast sector and everyone's careers um you know they've all had it's it's it, no one has an easy career in this sector mm -hmm. and um but it's a lot of it's through passion through creativity through um you know supporting each other so yeah there's a there's a time and a place for thinking out the box and doing things in a different way but the core principles of 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 a cinema is a collective experience mm -hmm. and that collective experience and having the being within the essence of a of an auditorium and to see um a film together and you know that experience that won't die but it'll take a, a while for it to pick up so in the meantime we as a as a sector have to think about other models and it's not going to be an easy there's not going to be a like for like oh we'll do everything online now and digitally and that will generate an income. That is just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, now, so we have to just... And I think cinema's continued in the way it has because it is a shared experience. You want to go and see the latest James Bond film with your friends so you can glance across at each other and get the reaction uh, when something massive happens on screen. And you want to hear people laughing along and yeah, all at the same point in a comedy. And uh, I know that uh, you've been sharing a few film recommendations, as is The Lighthouse, during this time. And um, there's a lot of stuff that has gone straight to, to video on demand, which maybe hadn't been anticipated until all this. But there is some great stuff to watch out there and to continue to support that industry. So it has got funding to be able to create new stuff as soon as we can get back out of the sort of social distancing measures we're in now. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no shortage of product, um, but I'm just slightly concerned that the, the, the quality, you know, there's the, the choices and quality. Um, I mean, there are loads of things, film, films, uh, slates of films that haven't been released yet. Mm -hmm. um, so, and again, back to my the point that i constantly make um as a person that runs a cinema is that my most directors of feature films want their film to be seen on the big screen that is the the, the key idea of it all yeah and films are it is fantastic that you can access things online and we know we're all moving towards a different way of consuming that's been ha that's been a debate Video on demand has been a, a debate for many years now, um, but it hadn't affected us as a cinema. You know, we our audiences grew year on year on year by a good percentage uh, since to, since 2012. Yeah. Every year, our 
because they've grown by three, four thousand people for ticket sales. Mm -hmm. So there's no denying that there was a, you know, there was a a want, a demand, Mm -hmm. but we just have to move along slowly, see in the steps, sort of be methodical, see the stepping stones and hopefully have the opportunity to test things. But we need revenue to be able to do that. Yeah, well, I say that you can support the lighthouse whether it's by vir- buying a virtual ticket, making a donation in some other way, uh, yeah, buying a gift voucher for when uh, do things uh, things do return to normal. So, um, how do people get online and, and do this sort of stuff to support? Well, you can you can go onto the website light-house.co.uk and there is a, a donation um, section on there, um, and also you can log on to localgiving.org which Lighthouse has a dedicated page on there where people can set up a monthly direct debit. Um, or obviously through the website, you can do a one-off, one-off donation. Um, but also just keep up to date with our social media. Um, and obviously if there's anything significant that we, any information that's coming through of any sign of re-entry, <laughs> uh, then obviously social media will help with that. But it's not going to be for a while yet. So, but fingers crossed. Yeah, and uh, we'll be back, and hopefully then see an, a, an influx of people to enjoy cinema the way it should be seen in a community environment, uh, in what is an absolutely beautiful space in the heart of Wolverhampton. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing is, is obviously because people don't just come to us for the cinema, as you said before, we have all the other things that are going on. Um, there are a lot of health and wellbeing groups that use our space. Um, And the irony of it now is that some of those groups came to us to avoid isolation and to to help with their, the loneliness agenda. I hate using that term, but you know, these are people on their own. They may be from the older generation and it's almost like, you know, that's, that's kind of what we were about, but hopefully we'll get back to that again and they, you know, come back with confidence and, enjoy spending time with us again mm-hmm. well if there's any team that can do it it is the one down at the lighthouse light-house.co.uk get online make a donation and uh, follow all the other links uh, for socials and stuff on there but for now ceo of the lighthouse kelly jeffs thanks for joining us thanks jason take care you will no doubt know the name PayCare and the great work they do, not only in the community, but also helping people with their healthcare needs. Kevin Rogers looks after the company and joins me now for a bit of a chat. Hello, sir. Hello there. How are you doing? I'm good. I trust we find you well. Yeah, yeah. Not quite climbing any walls just yet. That's the way we want to keep it. I know you're continuing to work from home to make sure that people's healthcare needs are met from the work that you do at PayCare. For those who don't know the background, tell us a bit about the company. PayCare is probably one of Wolverhampton's oldest companies. We, we were formed in 1874 um, out of the, the Royal Hospital. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the kind of romantic story goes that a group of um, foremen got together and work. I mean, obviously, we're talking way before the NHS was formed, and, and people really couldn't afford healthcare. So, a group of foremen got together in all the media um, industries, co- companies in Wolverhampton, and formed a scheme. And uh, they used to call it the penny in the pound scheme. So, people would have a penny in the pound deducted, and, and then on a Saturday, because um, we were also called Saturday funds, they would draw down the money and then get healthcare. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, um, as the NHS was formed in, in 1947, as, as an organisation, we, we've moved with the times. Um, 
so we are we are an insurance scheme but um we like to consider ourselves as the good guys of the insurance uh, industry um so our, our philosophy is how can we pay claims and how not to to to, to pay claims mm-hmm. um and so we cover like normal everyday healthcare. so if you go to the opticians you can make a claim for your eye test or glasses or contact lenses if you go to the dentist um, you can make a claim because um, unfortunately still a, lo- a lot of people can't afford everyday healthcare, and mm-hmm. it's so important yeah. that they, they, they continue to be proactive about their healthcare. Yeah and it's in the same way as I mean you're saying there it was originally it was the, a penny in the pound that was one a pound with 240 pence in it back in the day uh, so uh, things have moved on a little bit from there and, and the cost of things though has, has, has probably in, in many ways come down compared to what people are earning obviously you've got the help of the NHS in there as well but as you mentioned there are things that, are, that go over and above it's, it's about glasses it's about being able to, to see and to yeah, the, the, the whole thing that with, with using dentists and dentistry can be expensive even when it is NHS care that you're receiving it, it, it's still really expensive and, and you know people put off going to the dentist because of, of the, the cost involved. Um, so it's important that, that when we get a claim for, for a dental treatment, we get it back in people's bank accounts as, as quick as possible. So our turnaround time is around three days from when you submit the claim to when it's back in your bank account. Um, and you know, the only reason I'm, I'm in a job is because of our policyholders. Mm-hmm. That, that's the only reason, I, you know, the, the people of pay care are employed for our 40,000 policyholders that, that we have. You know, big chunk of them still in the black country, um, but we are a, a nationwide business. And um, as I said, we, we like to consider ourselves the good guys of the insurance mm-hmm. industry. Um, we, we, we are a not-for-profit organisation, so we don't have shareholders. So every penny that, that we get back either goes back to our policyholders or we give to, to charitable causes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you do a massive amount of work in the community. In fact, recently you've made a donation to the work that uh, Paul Hayes Community School are doing. Well, it's Paul Hayes Academy now, Paul Hayes Community School when I was there, and it turns out Paul Hayes Comprehensive when you were involved. I was. I, I, I started at Paul Hayes Comprehensive in 1972. And... I loved every minute there. It was it was a great school. Um, you know, we, we we were never the most academic of, of schools, but we, we we were just a great community. Um, fantastic football teams we had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, I, I was fortunate enough to be in the same year as Wayne Clark. I was about to so, say because there are some big names that moved on from from our school into into the world of football. Yeah, well, I I, I was I went to school uh, with Wayne at Beacon, mm-hmm. went to Beacon Junior School. Um, in the invention, and we, we followed each other to uh, to Poulet's. And, and it was literally a simple... Our coach didn't have to come up with great tactics. It was basically, give the ball to Wayne, and he will score. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that, your, your love of football continues. I know I've sat next to you at a Wolves end of season dinner, and we had a lovely natter that night. Uh, and uh, yeah, with, with all the other community activities you get involved in. And, and you like to spend your time actually with the charities and the community groups that you support as well. And I know you do that with the, with the grand as well and everything that goes on there. So I mean, you must absolutely thrive on what you get to do because of, uh, of how you can help the community. I consider myself, re- again, really fortunate in that we can make a real difference in our community um, and, and being a bit creative about how, how we do that. So mm-hmm. as you mentioned, 
we, we support a lot of organisations from, from football clubs. So uh, Bilston Town, we sponsor. Darleston Town, we sponsor. But we sponsor netball clubs, Libra Lee. Um, also, a volleyball club. I, I never knew volleyball was big, but Technical Tigers volleyball. Uh -huh. um, so, it, but we always support cl clubs that really are inclusive in the community. So, supporting Bilston because they're a real community club, supporting Darleston because they're a community organization. And it's really, really important that, that, that they include the community in what they're doing for the health and well-being, it, it all fits together for us. Again, we're always looking at different ways. So um, what one of the, the, the newest initiatives we did, and it's new 18 months ago now, mm -hmm. whoever built Pake Air House had got delusions of grandeur because <laughs> it's four stories high and maybe we would have ever been big enough to occupy four stories, I'm, I'm not sure, but we've only ever occupied two stories. So one of our tenants left and uh, we thought, what do we do with this space? We got three and a half thousand square feet of offices. And what did the charities do with it? They pay for people. Well, generally, it goes to paying rent to landlords. So we thought, let's think a bit differently. Let's put the landlord out. So now we've got six organizations in this office space that mm. pay a penny rent. So what that means is that they can put all, all the money they would normally pay on rent to the front line where it makes a real difference. Um, so it's just thinking different ways how we can give back to the community. So I'm when I go and talk to businesses in, in the city. Have you got a spare office? Or have you got an office that's full of boxes? Clear it out, give it to organisations that can really use that space to save it some money. Yeah, actually make yeah, a difference. And I've seen that's the, the ethos that Pake has had since its inception, looking after people, looking after the community and, and making uh, available what that community needs and whether it you know, goes from over 100 years ago, a Saturday get together to, to sort out health issues through to the, the refunds uh, that you make to people on what they spend today. Uh, a small outlay allows them to be able to uh, yeah, not only make a difference to their own lives, but also to the community too. And, and what you're doing is on behalf of those people who are your members. We are really, really proud to, to, to be at the heart of Wolverhampton. We're, we're a nationwide business now, but we're really, really proud of our Wolverhampton roots. I talked to, you know, we've got customers, um, this is a down in London, and I put a smile on my face when they say, we, we love calling into pay care because this strange accent <laughs> answers, it's lovely. They always feel like they're talking to Noddy Holder. <laughs> but we, we, you know, we're authentic. We're really proud of our Black Country roots. Um, and so we're always looking to promote Wolverhampton and, and the city. But we look to help our community, our people in Wolverhampton. It, you know, it, we, we look to help in small ways, but one of the driving forces for me personally is that it's not fair, and I'll never accept the fact that if you live in the east of the city, you're generally going to live nine years less than if you're in the west of the city. That's unacceptable. Mm -hmm unacceptable to me so what can we do in our own small way to help that 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 situation there, there's a lot that you've you've done already much more that i'm sure you will do all of that through the help of your members not only getting the benefits that they do but also benefiting people across the region as well where do we go to find out more about pay care and all the work that you do
just going on, on the website, um, pikeair.org. Um, again, we, this little company in Wolverhampton, in, in our industry, is seen as market leaders in terms of how we communicate with our policyholders and our members. So the, our website is not like any kind of insurance website you look at. It, it's, it talks directly to people in, in, in language people can understand. So just have a look at paycare.org, message your own inquiries at paycare. Um, love to chat to everybody. I, I know that's true because we've had some fantastic conversations over the years. Kevin, great to speak to you now. Thank you for all that you do. Keep up the good work and we look forward to hearing more from you soon. No problem. Everyone stay safe. Sam Raybone is darling of the Litchfield Gallic when it comes to the pantos, absolutely fantastic actor, all-round nice guy, and strangely bearded at the moment, but there we go. Hello, sir. Good morning or afternoon or good evening. I don't know what time this is going out. It's not live, is it? No, we're not live. You're okay. It's a pre-record. That's all right, because, I mean, I've got my walking clothes on. I mean, I didn't realise <laughs> I was actually being filmed. I thought it was just a podcast, this. But anyway, I mean, I'm not, I've, I've semi-done my hair. It's got some sea salt in because we live so close to the sea. Mm. I thought I'd go for the rugged surfer look and failed miserably. <laughs> yes, bearded at the moment because I don't have to shave. So why bother? Well, this like, is it. Yeah. You, you, I mean, I, am, I do shape it a little bit, but it keeps my chin warm and also hides the second one, which I've got growing at the moment. <laughs> well, it's always nice to have extra friends around the face, isn't it? I think that helps, but there we go. So, I mean, what, what is going on for you at the moment? I, I, cause, because, like, most actors, your work is on hiatus, and you're normally jetting off around the world and doing all sorts of fantastic stuff entertaining people. I am. So, yeah, everything stopped, which is unusual. I mean, there's a lot of actors pulling their hair out, literally, at the moment, mm. but I've actually not been... I've sort of never been busier. Um, I've, done, I've taken to doing lots of things online, which I think a lot of people have mm -hmm. um and i saw a lot of people doing things that they were sort of semi-good at and <laughs> like people were singing people doing yoga lessons people doing exercise classes um so i can't sing i'm not very flexible <laughs> and uh i'm not into my exercise classes so i thought what can i do and many many years ago before i became an actor i was a nightclub dj yeah so i thought well i could do an online disco and just see what happened so in the end, it turned into a little bit of a project for me and my friend, who still is a nightclub DJ, but he's now having to be a full-time Tesco delivery driver, fourth emergency service, shout out to them. Then, mm -hmm. Although he was very confused the other week. The first time the NHS uh, clap for care of things happened, he hadn't been, because he, he'd been working constantly, he was doing like 12-hour shifts all the time, delivering <laughs> our goodies. He, ha he wasn't aware of the clap, so he was driving down the road and everybody would come out the house as he turned onto this road in Solihull. <laughs> and he, honestly, he thought they were all clapping for him, but um, it turns out they weren't. But he acknowledged it anyway. <laughs> What's it like uh, so just take any applause you can get? Well, I, I, he takes after me. Um, <laughs> Because we all, <laughs> I just love it. Um, but so we we set up this online sort of stay in nightclub disco. We'll bring the nightclub to you, and we we've been raising money for charity. So we started off with Great Ormond Street, mm -hmm. um, raised a few hundred quid for them. We've done a mental health charity. We've done St Giles Hospice, uh, Marie Curie. This week we did, um, and so we it's a little bit of a fundraiser. I try and tell people that it. You pay five pounds to get into a nightclub. Let's pay five pounds to charity instead and have a bit of fun. Because mm. overall, and I mean, people are saving a fortune on what they'd normally spend when going out. No, no, no. no, Amazon have ruined us. Okay, other than, other than that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, online shopping. What's been the most unexpected thing that you've bought whilst you have been off then?
you're probably looking at it okay. now. I bought, uh, so I bought this USB um, uh, desk mic. Uh, me and my friend George, who you might remember was one of the ugly sisters. From George Cinderella Aiken, yeah. George Aiken, yeah. We've set up a podcast called Cobbs and Tea Cake, mm-hmm. um, which we do twice a week. And we talk about nonsense, really. It's a 20, we try to keep it to a 20 minute nonsense chat. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we, we talk about all things, mainly food related, which is why we <laughs> called Cobbs and Tea Cake. Because what do you call it? Uh, oh, that round, round piece of crusty it, bread and shove some ham in. It is a cob. You're yeah, happy on the cob. It's absolutely a cob. See, uh, well, let's, let's get rid of cobs and tea cake. No, don't, don't. It's keeping me sane. Um, so I've started a podcast, and on Monday, which is tomorrow, or in the past, if you're listening behind us, which I don't know anymore, because this could be the future or the past. Who knows? Um, I'm starting an online uh, community radio station. Right. So we're launching Monday, the 4th of May. Um, 7.30 in the morning, it goes live, and then I'm going to start doing a late breakfast show, Monday to Friday, 8 till 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's all for the community. It's based around Sutton Park, really, because we thought Sutton Park was the heart of our little community. Yeah. Uh, so Streetly to the Royal Town of Sutton Coldfield, Bolmy and New Oscar, everything around Sutton Coldfield is all um, based on the heart of Sutton Park. So we thought it's a nice way to focus everything. Um, I mean, you can listen anywhere in the world. We're not going to stop you. We'd like, it. We'd like as many listeners as possible. attention. Yeah, I do. Uh, so we thought we'd do that, and it'll be able to because communities are being brought closer and closer together with this mm-hmm. COVID nineteen. The butchers up our road has probably never been busier. <laughs> I mean, they are working so so hard, and so I mean, people like the NHS are getting all these thanks, but also these local shops who have probably never had so many customers in their life mm-hmm. are working really really hard to keep us all fed as well. Which, I, mean, I still can't get flour. Why is everybody baking? I've been baking <laughs> since I first met you. Yep. Um, in, in fact, longer than that. But I think we've had chats about this before. We have. Because I got, into, I got into role as Sarah the cook by definitely baking. <laughs> now everybody's doing it. I can't get flour for love nor money. I bought some coconut flour. I've gone all like artisan. I have no idea what I'm going to do with coconut flour. Um, hmm. Maybe, but, maybe maybe you can turn it into coconuts. Is that reconstitute well, I it? I could try and plant it, I guess. But <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I bought it anyway, and I thought I'd have a go and see if I can make some... I don't know whether it tastes like coconut or whether it's just a substitute for flour, because I, I guess it's um, done for the sort of the gluten intolerance and things. Yeah. It's a strange world. Uh, so we will look forward to maybe seeing online some of your, your bakes there. But I mean, With the look, coconut flour. With the coconut flour. Uh, <laughs> you'll only see it if it works. I'm one of these people that will only share it if it works. So if uh, you don't see anything coconut-based for the future, you know that it was not very good. A complete failure. So but, but, I mean, looking back, I mean, Panto, uh, over the last few years, they're going absolutely riotous fun. And uh, you've got all this to come again, fingers crossed, this Christmas. Fingers crossed, as long as everything happens, I mean, nobody knows. This is mm-hmm. the problem. Things are being cancelled up until sort of August at the moment. So hopefully we'll know more in the next coming months. But at the moment, everything is ploughing ahead. Um, casting is all on hold because we can't see people. And to get, unless you know somebody like we've met before, so doing a Zoom with somebody like you is fine because yeah. we've met. But if you're auditioning somebody, it's a bit harder to do it via Zoom because you don't get the feel for them quite as much as you would in the room. Mm. I mean, if we have to do it like this, we're going to have to. But we'd rather meet people in the room because it, it's a much nicer experience. And they get to know us, we get to know them. Uh, but yeah, at the moment, Panto is still happening. This year, we're doing P- uh, Peter Pan. I, I couldn't figure out what we're doing there. <laughs> and no, because I, I made the joke last year that I was either going to, I think in 
several shows I said I was Tinkerbell, some shows I said I was going to be Wendy. I'm neither of those. I would be the worst Tinkerbell, more like Tinkerbelly, I guess. And I think I'm slightly too old for Wendy. So I'll be playing Mrs. Smee. So I'm be like Captain Hooks. Which 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 hand does he have a hook on, right I'm, or left? I'm not sure. I think it's right, isn't it? Well, I'll be the the hand that is the hook, I guess. So I'll be his right or left hand. But as long as he doesn't start scratching me with his hook, I'll be okay. That's fine. <laughs> so that's something to look forward to. And um, we're keeping positive about. Fingers crossed, everything coming back to a semblance of normal. Even though I'm sure there'll be uh, some sort of uh, ways we have to work around the uh, ongoing more coronavirus than, more situation. More than likely. Yeah, but I mean, what else, uh, you know, floats your boat when it comes to the stuff you normally do? Because, as I said, you're often travelling around the world entertaining. What do you do when, you, when you're actually doing that? Well, at the moment, so, yeah, norm, I've spent the past few years, I've done sort of winter in Dubai. Mm -hmm. uh, however, their season shut early as well. So yeah. a lot of my friends, I didn't go out there this year for that. Um, but a lot of my friends had to come back early. Uh, everything globally is shut down entertainment-wise at the moment. The only sort of entertainers that, that are working, uh, I mean, they're, they're more like the newsreaders or the, the journalists mm -hmm. or... The, sort of the ITV presenters, there's very, very few of us who have actually got any actual work. I think the only thing I know that's gone back recently is Neighbours and in Australia, but they're mm. operating a very weird policy where there won't be any more than three actors in one area. So it would be a very weird... Well, well Neighbours, when I used to watch it last, most of the acting was that wooden anyway. They could be replaced by a dummy and no one would have noticed. <laughs> is, it, is it better than that now? Well, I've never watched it. Um, I, don't, I, ju I just heard they were going back, but I don't think anything else. At least Enders is still on hold. Mm -hmm. um, so acting-wise, there isn't very much. There's talk about... I, I, meant to be, I normally would go to Sweden in the summer as well. I was meant to be going again this year to work on a boat. Mm -hmm. uh, all cruises have stopped. I mean, the boat I work on, um, a bit, it's like a party cruise that goes from Stockholm out through the archipelago. It's beautiful. Mm. And then we we sort of float to the Baltic Sea overnight. We dock at an island called Mariham first thing in the morning. Um, basically, Mariham used to belong to Sweden. Then the Finns took it. Then after World War II, I think the Finns said, oh, Sweden, you can have it back. Mariham, uh, the, the, Mariham's the town. The island is called Orland. And Orland basically went, well, we don't want to go back. So they <laughs> became sort of an independent island all on their own which means that they can sell alcohol and cigarettes duty-free. So we've got there, so it's a duty-free <laughs> boat in effect. But it's a 24-hour party boat, uh, so people get on, because the alcohol in Sweden is so expensive, they get on and have yeah. a party with us. We do the entertainment for the kids, um, we do a magic show and a puppet show to them, and then they sail back to Stockholm and get off the next day. Um, but I can't imagine that happening at the moment. We've been told they're pushing it back till July, mm -hmm. but at the moment you can't even fly to Sweden. But um, people, I think the press in England have been giving Sweden quite a bad rep for saying how yeah. uh, relaxed it is. It, it's not as relaxed as we're being told, because I've been talking to quite a few of my Swedish friends. Mm -hmm. The Swedes are a lot more compliant than us uh, as British people. Yeah, the government have said to the Swedish people, if you're over seventy, if you're at health, if you're risky, like you've got the health risks, stay at home. We'll keep everything open, but go in and keep yourself socially distanced. They've stopped all entertainment in pubs and restaurants and mm -hmm. things like that. So people are going in and having a couple with their friends. The pictures I think we're seeing are angled very, very badly, so it looks <laughs> a lot busier than it is. But actually, they're very, very good, and their their infection rates 
quite low and mm-hmm. their death rate's a lot lower than ours so they're doing something all right but there's the scare i mean nobody knows this is the problem the scare of the second peak and things happening but we actually don't know whether they've done it right we've done it right who has i don't think anyone can actually do this right i know that's the that's the problem there is no perfect solution to any of it and uh, uh, it, all we know is those who are susceptible are going to be susceptible whenever they get it, which is the really sad part. Mm. So let's move on and talk about something nice. Okay, all right. Um, uh, so uh, the, the, when you are doing your podcast, uh, you, you and George, I mean, do you dress up a bit as well? Because you're both known for being on stage, often in drag, uh, or you know, as part of your um, you know, dame roles on stage. So has, has it been tempting to uh, go the, the full hog and put makeup on and stuff? No, uh, for the, I mean, for the podcast, if it was a vlog, I think we might be thinking about something different. But <laughs> our whole podcast is it's just an audio one. So, uh, no. And I, I mean, no, it's for me dressing up and doing this all online would be I, I'd find it ever so strange. <laughs> I find it strange enough talking to a computer and hoping there's people listening. Mm-hmm. So to dress up and do it as well. I mean, I could, I could just put a photo of me here and sort of go, yeah, I am dressed up and <laughs> for it, I guess. Uh, but no, no dressing up for our podcast as of yet. I mean, who knows? We might get bored in the summer when nothing else is happening and go, oh, let's put the tits on. <laughs> so, I mean, you've got loads of stuff happening and that, that's the way we like to keep it. You've got to keep busy. And uh, uh, I say you, you are known for the, the, the fun that you have when you are on stage in Panto at the Garrick. We're looking forward to this year. Uh, and, uh, you know, basically stay safe and we look forward to uh, so much more from you as we head through, uh, you know, the latter part of this year. But, well, I mean, it's basically keeping an eye on you online and seeing what goes on. So where do we find you? You can find me all over the place, really. I'm probably one of the easiest people to find. Um, so it's Sam Raybone. Raybone doesn't have a Y in, though. That's what confuses people. Everybody uh-huh. thinks he's going to be Rabone. It's not. Um, <laughs> so it's R-A-B-O-N-E. That's on Twitter, Instagram. And if you want to find me on Facebook, uh, don't take offence. I won't add you as a friend if um, on my own one, but you can find me on Sam Raybone dash Pandemime Dame. Um, and most of my stuff goes up on there as well. Uh, also, if you're interested in finding the radio station, which is launching, because we don't, as I say, if you're listening anywhere in the world, you can. It's just going to be Sutton Park Radio. Um, and hopefully once uh, next week happens, once we've launched, uh, you'll be able to ask your smart speaker to do it. You'll be able to get us an app uh, on Android and Apple. That's We sort of launching and we're going to be gradually adding the elements that you can find us over the next coming weeks. Um, can you tell me, Jason? I didn't imagine you to be such a big fan of rabbits as you are. Oh uh, well, if this is uh, yeah, one one rabbit just there. Uh, there's yeah, admittedly there's some little matching coasters, but I've got seagulls and I've got a dragon as well. I've got it all here. Oh, have you? Oh, I, I couldn't. I, I didn't know whether that was just a very lazy cat, just <laughs> forlorn and over this whole thing. Have no, you got any pets? Uh, none whatsoever, apart from the dragon, and he's say, quite inanimate. From- <laughs> They're sad. over it now. The pets are over it more than us. I've, I've got a dog who mm. he normally, whenever we've come home, he wants to be in the same room as us. No matter what, he's always come and been with us. Yeah. Um, and since this has happened, he started just he started just taking himself off for <laughs> like an hour quiet time. I've never known anything like it. Like the dog is over the fact that people are in the house now as well. So the pets are over this. The people are walking their dogs to death. I've known a few people say their dogs have developed like a limp randomly one day. We started to take them for a walk and they've started limping. So they've taken them back in and they've limped around the house. Then the next day they're bolted around. They just want a day off from walking. <laughs> 
give your dogs a day off. Don't walk them every day. They're, but, they're over it. They're, they're more over it than me. Yeah, they're, uh, they're they're doing the bit. They're, they're trying to work out what on earth's going on. It was confusing for the poor little How things. How are you coping with the lockdown haircuts? Uh, well, see, not having much hair, um, it's fine. On the day before lockdown started, I invested in a pair of trimmers, which I've been meaning to for ages. And uh, I've saved an absolute fortune on what I'd normally do, keeping what little bits of fluff there is on my head in, in, in shape. Oh, so you would you'd normally go to the hairdressers for that, do? Well, when, because there's a strange dent in the back of my head, you see, and uh, oh, so I, no, I normally have them work around it. Uh, but uh, turns out it didn't bother me. So no, uh, it, it's so you enough. just need you just needed a mirror and a pair of clippers and a bit of time on your hands, and you've figured it out yourself. And away I go. Yeah, it's brilliant. Have you taken up any hobbies during this crisis? Well, see, no, I'm still working for, uh, my usual thirty-seven hour week, doing my radio program and a podcast. Uh, so uh, I have no time to do anything extra. This is I, I, I'm working as normal, which is the really cute, peculiar part. So no hobbies at all. I mean, have you got what? Have you not even started baking? Are you stealing the flour? Well, see, now I I'd already bought some flour on a multi buy uh, pre all of this. I made sausage rolls yesterday, but that Did is you? That, that is standard. I mean, it's not like you. I mean, I enjoy uh, a bit of baking periodically. So uh, yeah. So well, it, what's your secret to a good sausage roll? Uh, assembly more than anything else. Buy some decent sausage. Buy some pre-packed pastry. Stick it together. Bake it for about half an hour, and before you know it, you've got a sausage roll. Greg's eat your heart oh. out. They, I mean, where do you get your decent sausage meat? Is it sausage meat or sausage you buy? Do you buy oh, like the pre I will, I will, I will find a sausage that I like. There's quite a nice one the co-op do. Tesco's uh, finest traditional is very so good as well. So you buy an actual sausage and de-skin it and put, and it's already the right shape. No rolling. Yeah, I mean, these are life hacks that I never thought I would need. <laughs> I would, I'd have automatically bought sausage meat and spent like five minutes getting it covered on my hands, going it's sticking everywhere. This sausage meat. Yeah, do, do egg base it as well? Do oh, I, I, I don't normally go that far. Um, I, I, I like it without it. You still get a nice, nice rise, crispy puff, and uh, you, uh, you you don't necessarily need to egg base. I'm not. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm going to have to try this. So sausage rolls you bake? Do you bake anything else on a regular basis? Um, yeah, I'm just look at this cake. So I tell you what, I've been doing. I've been cooking more. I've had so many Sunday roasts. Not not, not that I know what day it is, but more Sunday roasts than ever before. Is it because, oh, you're working though? Because I mean, I forget what day of the week it is. So, I mean, we had fish and chips the other day on a Wednesday and we were so confused because we only ever normally have them on a Friday. <laughs> and I spent the rest of the day thinking it was a Friday and getting really annoyed at the television choices. Going, this isn't a Friday night, what's going on? <laughs> so, uh, so, until you started with the coconut flour, what was the one thing you, that, that you are known for when it comes to your baking? Oh, I don't, I try not to, I, I do a lot of crumbles. Um, mm -hmm. We've got a big rhubarb plant in the garden, so I do a lot of crumbles. Um, I make, uh, I try and make a pineapple crumble now and again, because uh, I, I like pineapple a lot. And I've done the trick and it's starting to work and I can't wait. I'm, everybody's going, oh, you're so sad for doing this. If you cut the top of the pineapple off yeah. and remove the bottom bits of leaves, if you then put that into water and leave it, you just got to leave it for about two weeks, it'll start to show some reap roots yeah you can then plant that into some soil and you'll grow a new pineapple well there we go but i'm just at the rooting stage at the moment so i've got to um i've got to leave that for a while uh, incidentally never never refer to rooting like that in australia i did it once because uh, what would you if some if you said go for a root in your handbag what would you mean what would you take that to mean oh well uh, number one you're the only one of the two of us that has a handbag and normally only you're on stage but uh it uh, would be to have a look around wouldn't it but you have a to look see what around, you find yes. yes 
So I, I, when I was in Australia, I was working as a waiter. So I did a year out mm -hmm. and did like a holiday visa. So um, if you're under 30, I think it's like into your 30th year, you can do this working holiday visa where you can work in Australia for up to a year. You've just got to travel around. So you can't work in any place for more than six months. And I was working in this uh, rather glamorous place called Hog's Breath. <laughs> which is an American, it's a very, I loved it. It was an American style steakhouse. It meant I could just be a bit dopey and wacky, um, TGI Friday style. Mm -hmm. uh, just put that sponsorship down there for me. <laughs> um, and I can't wait for them to open again. I'm having a rack of ribs. And anyway, I said to this couple, because they, they said, oh God, we're $5 short. I said, oh, you must have something. Have a root in your handbag. And they both looked at me as if I, I said, what, what, what have I said? <laughs> Apparently rooting in Australia is a, a, a bit of, you know, how's your father? Ah, okay. Well, there we so go. So I basically told him to go and do a bit of how's your father with your handbag. Everybody has those special moments that they probably shouldn't share in, in real life. So yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, let's not even go there. Sam, always good to catch up with you. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll let you carry on with doing lockdown and growing the beard to a full on Grizzly Adams style thing before you get out. It's very kind. Well, actually, this is trimmed. I'd actually got it quite a bit longer in the past few days, but I thought I need to scale this back. I don't know what's in there anymore. Anyway, it's nice to talk to you because it's nice to talk to somebody that's not my dog. So <laughs> it's been it's been nice. And where where can we? I don't know, I'm asking you where we can listen to this. The people will be listening to this already know where they can listen to it. So it doesn't help. It'll help me know where I can listen to it. But your friends are already listening to it. So basically, we don't need to say, do we? Well, yeah, I'll I'll send you. A, I'll tag you. Okay, that's how it works. You tag me and I'll tag you and uh, we'll have a lovely chat and uh, well enjoy working more to the point and yes. uh, stay safe and wash your hands. We'll do it constantly and by the way we do want an Instagram feed of the pineapple as it grows so uh, can we see that as well please? Yeah I'll, I'll whack one on in a minute. <laughs> Sam great catch up see you soon travel now. Talk to you soon. That's a lot for this week. Thank you so much for joining us back with episode 568 next week. I'll see you then. Good afternoon. Goodbye from the milk bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar. Yeah.